Chapman. <laughs> and uh, we are the old folks here, minus the spectators in the back. But um, no, okay, just kidding. Sorry, I had to call you out. Uh, okay, so we have been married six years, and um, is that that's all the only thing we're supposed to say right now? Okay. <laughs> um, you guys probably know us, um, the Daniels. Um, we are um, married for just over a year, and um, just had our baby last week today. Congratulations. Go justice. Um, she is doing well. Um, she's in the NICU recovering from some respiratory issues right now. Um, but we will hopefully have her back sometime next week. You guys might remember us. Uh, we are the McCandlesses, and we got married in May. So, yikes, I need brownie points here. Is that like four months? I think we've been married for four <laughs> months. Um, yeah. My name's Matthew, and this is my fiance Megan, and we are engaged. And super in love. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, my name is Jake Parker, and this is Marissa. <laughs> and we are currently dating, and yes, we've been dating like two years, two, two and a half years now. Two years and nine months. Two years and nine months. <laughs> in thirteen days. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> my name's Olivia, and I'm single. Yay! <laughs> and I love Wendy's Frosties. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> um, so, you guys may remember um, a few weeks back we asked you to write down questions um, about relationships. Um, so what we did with that is um, we've taken those questions, um, we've kind of delegated a few of them down, um, the ones that were similar, um, and just know, if your question isn't used tonight, um, it is being used, whether it's a small group or whether it's something like that. Um, all of your questions were heard, and we really appreciated them, and it was very insightful for us. Um, but with that, our um, first question um, that came from you guys is, um, how do you handle a relationship without trust? Um, and so we asked um, Jake and Marissa if you guys want to tackle this one first. <laughs> this is a lot. Um, did, did we say a little prayer justice? Can I say a quick prayer? Go for it, man. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Okay. Um, uh, dear Lord, just thank you so much for this time and this opportunity just for us to speak. I just pray that you'll be present in this room and um, just with us all being in different stages of life and just the students that are here, too. I just pray that you'll speak through us and um, that there's just a, some way that someone's impacted by us because they can relate and that your spirit would be here and be present. Thank you so much for who you are, God, and we love you. Amen. Amen. Okay, so relationship without trust is the first question. So let's see here. How do we start? Um, whenever, okay, let's backtrack. The main goal of being in a relationship is to be married. So let's... Okay, I'm sorry. A little nervous. <laughs> Pardon me. <laughs> it's easier to pray than actually talk. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, okay, so I'll start off for a second. <laughs> so, <laughs> 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 so I think that 
question was worded really interestingly because it was like, how do you handle a relationship? So it's kind of like you just have to strive through it and you feel like you're stuck with this person, but maybe you feel like you can't trust them and you just have to handle not trusting that relationship. But as Jake was getting ready to say (laughs) was if your goal is marriage, if you're going to marry that person and be one and serve the Lord together and that's your goal, you want to be able to trust that person. You want to be able to do the hardest things in life together. And even if you're just talking to that person or you've been dating for a year or two years, you want to be able to have full trust in them. So if there's genuinely a reason why you can't trust the person you're pursuing marriage with, you might want to reevaluate that relationship. And it likely needs to end because that's not glorifying to the Lord. And you want to choose that person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with very wisely, even if you're just in those beginning stages. You know, think to the future, think to the hard stuff. Think to your husband or wife, the parent of your children. You want to trust them, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I can chime in something now. Um, whenever it comes into – thank you for starting that off. <laughs> feel much better now. Um, so whenever you are, like, in a relationship, something you have to – you have to trust yourself, too. There's, there's so many doubts that can happen in a relationship. There's, like – you could be thinking about – who am I wanting to be like wed with? Is this person right for me? It's like a common question. And then there's trust that's actually from like legitimate things. And you have to find the source of those trust issues that you're going to encounter. Is it actually something from the Lord? Is it something, is it a fear that you're having on your own? Or is there actually something that the Holy Spirit's pressing upon your heart? Um, So you have to be constantly striving in your relationship with God and to be able to have that connection and you have to be making an effort in your own personal relationship as well as giving your effort to your significant other. So, right. Yeah, that is really good. Um, does anyone um, have anything to add to that? Um, I think, I think you guys made um, some really good points and it's, I think it's important um, to not ignore the mistrust that's in a relationship. Um, I know Johanna and I, uh, we got married so quickly that there was a little bit of mistrust in there just because we hadn't known each other for super long. And that wasn't a reason for us to break up. That was just a reason for us to dig deeper into the relationship. Um, So Jake and Marissa, um, if you guys want to tackle this next one too, um, I'm curious, um, what are some good boundaries that you guys have set in your dating relationship? And then how far can you go without sinning? I'll start this one too. So I really like this question. Because I think it's the wrong question. And I'll start with um, the how far can I go without sinning or how far is too far. Because I've heard that a lot. And I heard that, you know, just from friends growing up and everything. But if you're asking yourself that question, why? Because the right question is how pure can I keep myself to serve the Lord? Not how far and how close can I get to sin? Um, And so I actually just wrote a couple notes because my memory's bad. And and this is where I... A really good thing to kind of just think over. But um, so God designed sex. And I know in our culture, it's just Satan has twisted it and ruined it and made it seem so scary and like a bad thing. But God designed sex and it's beautiful. And he designed it as an act of worship for married people. But if you're doing anything outside of marriage, if you are having sex outside of marriage, you haven't really experienced sex. If you think about it, all you've experienced is sin. But what Satan will try and do is he'll do the smoke and mirrors and he'll make you think that 
you can have that real thing that God designed if you do, if you get sexual gratification from someone outside of marriage. So for every good thing that God has, Satan has a counterfeit. And sexual gratification outside of marriage is that counterfeit. It's not the real deal. It's not going to make you feel secure. It's not going to make that guy love you more. It's not going to make them stay. It's a counterfeit. And what you need to do is set up boundaries to stay as far away from that as possible and guard your heart. So it's not what specific boundaries do I do just to get close enough. It's what do I need to do to truly protect my heart from believing that lie that that's the real deal if I do that stuff outside of marriage. So um, for some actual practical boundaries, because I think that's important too, um, this is kind of funny, but Jake and I didn't kiss for the first six months of dating. And a lot of people are like, that's lame. Like, what? Because <laughs> um, that's a long time, you know? Um, and Jake was actually really wise in that because he was like, you know what? If this is going to work out and we're going to be together for the rest of our lives, we have the rest of our lives to do all that kind of stuff once we're <laughs> married. But this is a very special time where Satan's going to try and pressure us to do that. Let's push that off as far as we can and just get to know each other and grow closer. So, yeah, we didn't even kiss for six months, and now it's just anything we can do to stay away from that, you know, and just talking to each other and communication and setting up those specific boundaries. But yeah. Okay, sweet. Um, Thank you. So, um, and as far as, I want to start with the same question because she brings up such a good point that that is the wrong question, but it's so tempting just us as human beings. Like, that feels good. Any sort of, like, physical contact with op- opposite sex that is like gratifying to us and Satan wants to use that. Um, so, you know, saying like, how far can I go? Just that question. It is never asked in the Bible. Like, and the people who are asked about that are b- rebuked by Jesus or, or, you know, they fall away. The question is you are told to flee from sin, flee from sexual immorality. And you see that it, it's never like, let's just push it so we could stay pure, but not, you know, not perfectly pure. Let's go the other way so God's glorified. And just try to keep that in mind as you guys are in relationships or um, going to be in your future that the the other way is like that's what Jesus wants. He wants you to run to him because you can't be following darkness and light at the same time. They're, they're not going the same paths. It's like one goes farther than the other. No, they're, they're opposite sides. Um, so, yeah. And then it's just I wanted to bring up the point that whenever you do get to that point, maybe you have fallen into like that physical contact and everything uh with your significant other it's just so easy to be pushed over the edge if you've been walking close to the this cliff the entire time maybe you haven't had sex or something like that um but it's just way too easy whenever you've been uh you know just as a male not leading and protecting your significant other and as a female whatever I don't know, just like pu- pushing the boundaries. I don't know what those women do, but uh, y- you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so just just keep that in mind that sin is so serious and Satan will use it so fast to like confuse the relationship because that is the easiest thing. Whenever there's just too much like physical bound, like those boundaries are pushed, Satan uses that for confusion and there's just nothing that, that benefits a relationship down the road from that. Um, okay, now on to the next one so we don't take too much time. So um, there was, we were talking about physical, actual boundaries. Yeah, I think 
as a male, it's like very important. Like the culture is very like backwards now. And I hope you guys realize that, that like women push a lot of boundaries like out there in the world. And it's our job as men to not be swayed by that. And not, it's like not an excuse. Like if your girlfriend is trying to push boundaries or if you're trying to push those boundaries, you have to be a leader in that and you have to set those standards and expectations. So, um, and we have not been perfect at this. So we, you know, we are just like humble to even be able to be talking about this. But if you guys can take something from this, that's, you know, that's worth it. So, um, just trying like late at night, it's just way too easy. You know, like your hormones are different. I don't know what it is. I'm not a biologist, but <laughs> like have, have a bedtime. We talked about bedtimes earlier. Like <laughs> if you're hanging out, like say like, um, you know, I'm not going to, yes. Yeah. So true. Home. Yeah. Go home. Um, just have like these boundaries say if you're not comfortable and you know, something's there, like, um, like, we're not going to be alone at her parents' house or something, like, if, you know, if her parents are not there. Like, that is not allowed. And that's something that we've we've done, and we've had to reevaluate because we just moved out on our own for the first time. Like, not together. <laughs> but I, I'm in a house, and she's in a house. <laughs> yeah, we would not be up here. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, we... Like we have to reevaluate that now, and like if our roommates are not there, you have to you have to stay up to date, and you have to hold each other accountable. And that's the biggest thing. Whenever one person is not on board, you have to be both working together on that, and you have to be on the same page and communicate through that. Yes, please. Okay. And just really back to the trust thing. Like that's why you want to be on the same page. You want to be able to trust them because you will get dragged down if you are in love with someone and your emotions are crazy and they mean the most to you and they're not protecting your heart like you're hoping, they don't have the same goals, it will not end well. I know you always think that, you know, I'm strong enough, and maybe I can convince them, or I just don't really want to do this. It normally goes in the favor of the person falling towards sin. So make sure that the person you've decided to even just date is on the same path as you, because it would really shock you how fast things start happening and how quickly sin can enter a relationship. Yeah, so I think just kind of starting off about this whole question, uh, because it's about boundaries and how far can you go without sinning. I think the, the appropriate first step that you have to ask yourself is, what do you want your relationship to be founded on? I mean, what do you, how do you want it to be built on? Um, and that's, that's something that you've got to communicate, because if it's going to be about purity, if it's going to be about doing it God's way, if it's going to be about doing something that's going to be pleasing to the Lord, then you need to have a serious conversation about what it is that you're going to be looking to do. Um, because even that question, you know, and, and they and, and they said it down there, you know, the whole question about, well, wh- what's the what's the most that we can do to, to to have fun but not sin? You know, and, and that doesn't mean that you can't. It's almost like, oh, well, I guess if we're going to have a pure relationship, we're just never going to be able to have any fun and enjoy each other's time. That's 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 not that's not correct. You you don't have to just be all over each other the whole time in order to, to enjoy a relationship, in order to get something out of the relationship, and in, in, in order to really feel real happiness. Because the way the Lord has things set up, you can do things and enjoy each other's time and not ever have to cross a line that that's going to make you feel shame or guilt or, or anything that's going to make you regret a relationship. So. Um, you know, uh, and a big part of that is, 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 is again, kind of what they said, and this is, this is kind of part of this, is that um, it's trust. You, you've got to, again, 
if you want your relationship to be something that's pure, to be something that is uh, a good thing for both of you, uh, then you've got to communicate that and really put, be out there to say, I don't want this to be something. I don't want that to be something that we go. You have to trust the other person that you're, because that sometimes too can be the, the temptation of, well, if I say that I don't really want to hold hands or if I say that I don't really like the way that they're, that they're hugging on me in public or if I say this, I don't, want to, I don't want them to think that I'm not interested in them. Or don't. You've got to be able to trust that person to be okay with the boundaries that you're, that you're comfortable with. And, and hopefully the boundaries that you're setting up and that you're comfortable or uncomfortable with are in line with what the word says. Um, hopefully that's where you're starting from. And so that would be my big thing is what are you trying to to found your your relationship on does that make sense um and everything that everybody has already said i completely agree with um and the one thing i would add is you know just looking back on our dating um time the most authentic times that we ever had during dating were like the spiritual conversations that we would have like i don't look back and be like oh man i'm like so whatever like about some time that we yeah like no I'm just saying like that I like I don't ever think about our like anything I'm just saying like holding hands kissing whatever whatever you choose to do while you're dating that is biblical that lines up with the word like I don't ever think about that whenever I think about our dating time like I think about the deep conversations that we had and I think about the the time that we spent with our friends and the time that we went on group dates and the time that he took me out and we did something special like in public like I don't ever think about the other times that we were holding hands or like like that's just not something that you look back on and like think man I wish I would have done more of that (laughs) like I don't ever I don't ever think about that like now I never think like man I wish we would have done more of the physical things and not as much of the authentic get to know each other things like because what matters is the authentic get to know each other conversations the other stuff is not what matters as much in a relationship and I would also just say real quick um I had a a professor at the Bible college that I went to and she's just one of the most precious women ever and she would say this to us every single day that we were in class she would say be awake during the day and be asleep at night (laughs) like be awake during the day and be asleep at night and that will solve a lot of your dilemmas like oh should I go out at nine o'clock and ten o'clock and whatever like go to sleep that's what you need to do you need to go to sleep by yourself you need to go to sleep by yourself so that helped I just I just want to add on to it one more thing too just because you bring it up like the things that the things that I look back on even in other relationships that I had before I met Hannah I'm just so thankful that the same things we set up parameters we set up th- so I so whenever it came time for my relationship with Hannah I still had a pure heart and a pure relationship to offer to her and so that's that's what you're shooting for you're you're not just even when you're dating somebody you're dating them in a way that for the next person down the line, for which it may not be, but I'm just saying, though, if, if, it, if it doesn't work out, because there's only two things that can happen whenever you date somebody. You're going to break up or you're going to get married. That's, that, there's, there's only two things that can happen. So you want to make sure, one, you don't give something away to somebody. And I'm not even going to go go into the S-E-X word, but... I know we got some CMA people. I think I think we can all spill it. <laughs> but but listen though, really, really. Sorry, I made that fu- I made that dumb funny and it, I, it's kind of a serious deal. I don't want to give something away to somebody 
that I'm going to look back on and regret that whole that whole time that I spent with somebody because of I acted like an idiot. For 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 a moment's worth of of enjoyment, I sacrificed the rest of my life. I have to think back on golly, that what a terrible decision that I made. You get what I'm saying? So it's just not it's just it really isn't. And and again, back on that trust word, you've just got to trust somebody that whenever you tell them, "Look, listen, we're not doing that. We're we're not we're not going there. We're not going to do these things." You have to trust that they're going to accept that. And guys, girls, if they don't, if you can't build your relationship even on them trusting you and, and what and your expectations of how things are going to go, it's probably not a relationship that you need to have. Yeah, so <laughs> I may be single right now, but I have I have been in relationships before. Um, and first off, it's not about giving 50% and 50%. It's about giving 100 on both sides right? So part of that is, is knowing your worth and that you're worth it enough to set those boundaries and to see yourself as enough guys and girls to see yourself as worth it enough to say, Hey, I'm not comfortable with this. I know that I can test, make testament to my own life and say that I wish I would have done that better in my, in my past saying, Hey, I don't feel comfortable with this. And yes, those fears have been there of, oh my gosh, like maybe that means that he won't like me anymore. That's okay. Like that's, those are real fears and that will happen or it might not either way, but you are worth it to stand up for yourself and to say, I'm not comfortable with this at the very start is, is best so that everything's on the table and it's a clean slate. But regardless of it at any time, you need to be honest and, and clean. Um, I know a practical example with us was I chose to never say I love you um, until I knew that I was with the person that I was going to marry mm-hmm. so that I would I was able to tell that person you are the only person that I have ever loved in this way. And so that was just a practical example um, of what we had. But um, Hannah and Chapman, just kind of a follow-up question with that. How do you know if you aren't right for each other? And how do you – maybe you're navigating those boundaries and you've realized – Maybe this isn't the way that it should be going. Um, when we were talking and thinking about this question, you know, how how do you exactly do you say it? How do you know if you aren't right for the person? Um, so what we really went back to, like the first thing both of us thought of was being equally yoked. You know, the Bible talks about that. And so I um, looked at the scripture, Corinthi- uh, it's in 1 Corinthians six fourteen, and it talks about not being unequally yoked and so in the bible there would be two ox oxen ox oxen oxen (laughs) two of the oxes (laughs) whatever you say uh you know attached by a yoke and if one was bigger than the other or if one was faster than the other or it wouldn't work like it wouldn't till till the land i don't know just making stuff up i don't know (laughs) i think that's what happens yeah (laughs) my i should have let him explain the farming (laughs) The farming analogy. Anyway, you get my point. They can't be the they they have to be the same. And I looked up the word yoked and it actually says joined with the same. So not joined with someone similar or joined with someone kind of like me. It's joined with the same. And I think a lot of times what gets people in trouble with this is you just like your, your checkbox is like, well, they're a Christian. Woo. Let's move on. Like, okay, they're saved so we can date. And like, that's what a lot, I mean, like I remember in high school being like, I 
see two saved people in my high school. So it looks like I have to pick one of them today. <laughs> like, because there was no one like, and so when you finally find someone that's saved, you're like, yes, like, but that's not, that's not the, the threshold. Like the, the you have to go past that. So like for us, we were on the same, we, I remember like the conversation that we had the first time we were out walking on our college campus, just merely getting to know each other, like asking all the silly questions at the beginning. What's your favorite food? What's your blah, 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 whatever. And then it turned into this like three hour long conversation about our true deep beliefs in what we had experienced spiritually. And so like for us, like it, it was not an option for us to, to date people like to date if he was not filled with the Holy spirit, I would have said, man, he's a great guy, but I'm filled with the Holy spirit. And that means so much to me that I, that I can't sacrifice my leader in my relationship, not being filled with the Holy spirit. Like I can't do that. And so like we had to find out those things before we even started dating because I, it wasn't just as he saved, it was, does he believe in healing? Does he believe that miracles and signs and wonders are happening today? Then I find out, like, literally, I remember the moment when he said oh, that he prayed for someone and she got healed. I was like, oh, thank God. Yes. Oh, so he believes in that. Like, I was like, thank you, Jesus. It's like a breath of fresh air when you finally find people. But that is what I needed. Like, I had to wait for someone. And I had dated a, a guy before um, Chapman that believed all the same things I did too, but we just were not equally yoked in other ways. But like the foundation has to be that you are joined with the same in every spiritual aspect. Like that has to be the core foundation of, of what you start with. And, and I would even like to add on that too. When you're, when you're, when you're searching for that person, a part of that is is what the dating experience is about because sometimes you might really think that you know somebody, but you don't really get to know them until. Like they can say they're saved, and then you find out that they're not. Oh yeah, and and, and again, it's it's not a it, it's not out that you're out to get find like the perfect person because here's the thing, guys, we're all people. We've all sinned. We're all gonna sin. We we make mistakes. There's gonna be times where you get angry. There's gonna be times whenever you you do things the, not the right way, or you're not gonna have the same thing. You know. Even looking at, at Hannah and I's personalities and the things that we choose to do in our own lives, we are we are very much opposites in the way that we go about doing some things. And it's not it's not to say that you have to find somebody who does everything the exact same way. And everybody they like chocolate ice cream, just like chocolate ice cream is my favorite thing. And and color purple is their is their favorite color. And 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 Titanic is their favorite movie, just like it's my favorite movie. That's that doesn't have that's not what you're yeah yeah purple chocolate and Titanic is uh satanic uh no but but uh sorry anyway so anyway the whole the whole idea behind what what we're talking about though is 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 this point it's it's the fact it's the fact that you're you're trying to find out about the person and who they really are you know pastor today was talking about how we're a third part being that is all spiritual so if you're only focusing on man she's really good looking and man she plays basketball really well that's the girl for me turns out you're probably going to have a hard time with the other stuff that's that's going to end up being more important because i don't care how attractive you find somebody if they're a jerk they're going to wear on your nerves 
And and them being pretty or them being good looking is only going to go so far to the point where, golly, they treat me like junk. I don't want to be dating this person. And so, you know, I think the, the original question was, how do you know that, that 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 this person is not right for me? To be honest, in all the relationships that I've been in, I really knew within the first week. Now, some I tried to stay in because of other factors, or I tried to make work because of other things. But really, within the first week of us dating, I knew this is probably going to end pretty bad. Or I could see this working. And so you, you can't fool you can't fool yourself whenever you really are turned over to the Holy Spirit and him and him telling you things and showing you things and revealing things to you. And so that would be my big thing is are those are those those true things about yourself. One last thing I will just want to add really quick and then we'll move on. Um, I thought this was really good. And Chapman actually is the one who like helped me think about this. But, you know, when you, you know, girls lots of times have like a list of standards that they like want in a man or, you know, in a boyfriend or whatever. And, um, and he said, well, for, cause I was like, do did you have a list? Like I want a redhead and like, a I don't know, like, what did ball you say? Player. Yeah. Ball player. What'd you say? And he was like, well, I always went back to the first Corinthians 13 that says love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not boast. And he said, and I would, you know, like he said, so when I met you, I was thinking like, so I would put your name in like, is Hannah patient? Is she kind? Does she not boast? Is she not envious? Is she like your list of standards? should be that like you're looking for so if your person is not this like if your person is con i mean not that they have to be perfect but like if you see lots of these traits um you know if they are constantly proud if they are easily angered if they keep a record of wrongs and you know i mean we're not perfect but like this should be the standard and so this is what love is and so if you are looking for love in a relationship one day then make sure that your significant other has these and if they don't then There'll be someone else. That's really good. I had actually forgotten Chapman, but when you started dating Hannah, you told me that, and I I forgot about that until right now. But that's the same standard that I used whenever I met Johanna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys already said you love you to each other in our wedding. So that's great. Um, does anyone have anything to add with that? One last little tiny bit thing yeah. uh, just struck me is um, you were talking about the being equally yoked. I think I've been convicted like growing up thinking I'm the good oxen, like I'm the bigger one, <laughs> not just because just like full disclosure, like you have to like check yourself because like love does not boast and everything. You have to be you have to be realistic about like where you are in your walk. And it's easy because we're all sitting here and listening to this, that we're all thinking, Oh, I'm going to look for, you know, this, this significant other, but don't assume you're just the good one. You have to be in the word you have to be, you know? And so that's something that I've learned a lot. I wish I would have learned a lot earlier. So don't just assume you're going to be perfect in a relationship just because you've gone to church and everything. There's a lot of things about humility and about love that we don't know and that we learn with time. So just be prepared to be open to that and because yeah. she's the better oxen. <laughs> don't pretend like you're yoked. That's what I'm hearing. Boys, do you hear that? Don't pretend like you're yoked. Okay? They weren't impressed either. No. So. They never are. They never are with my jokes. 
Um, so once we've once we've kind of found that person that we are pursuing, once we have found that person that we're equally yoked with, um, I think the question that we that we then have to start asking is how do we honor God in our relationship? Um, Lane and Ashton, do you want to cover? All right, so um, I'm really thankful I got this question because I think that honoring God should be our priority in every situation of life. So this isn't just relationally. This is how you compose yourself each and every day. You're asking yourself the question, how can I honor God? Um, how can I bring him joy? So I think once you're in that relationship, whether it's um, dating, engaged, or married, whatever stage of life, you've got to realize that at, at no point, even if they check all the, the boxes that we just talked about, about are you equally – equally yoked then you got to get to a point when you're like okay we never arrive at being like that perfect christian you know so a lot of times we're like okay that that box is checked we can move on but you've got to constantly now in that relationship your job is to push each other to grow closer to christ and your job is to constantly be pushing each other to bring honor and glory to god um and so i, I think that's something that i just wanted to kind of add into this question is a lot of times in relationship we talk about a broken heart and we're like I want to do everything I can to not break their heart I don't want my heart broken the question we should be asking is I don't want to break God's heart in the midst of this I don't want to break God's heart in this relationship and so something that you can do to honor that is to constantly keep him as a priority and I know you guys have probably seen this really simple diagram but it it's has so much truth and it's just God at the top of this triangle and then it's you and whoever you're pursuing and the goal is the closer that you grow to God, then the closer that you grow together in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And so um, I wanted to also offer just some like practical things that we try to do as a couple. And then I'm sure you'll have just a few things to add as well. Um, but something that we always committed to doing before even being married is we prayed for each other constantly. Um, and that looks like being extremely vulnerable with that person you're in a relationship with. I had some times where I was like, I'm really struggling with this and this and this right now. And um, it was just cool to be able to experience being able to have that person because you've got to realize that if you're dating, engaged, the whole purpose of that hopefully is to end up marrying that person. So I want to know that I'm marrying someone who's in my corner on their knees praying for me to honor God and everything that they do. Um, and then I also want to say just like conversations, don't let them be shallow. Have tough conversations. Um, and kind of like Olivia mentioned, it's better to do that early on. Honestly, if you, you notice it at any point that it needs to happen, then do it and have that tough conversation. But Aspen and I, right from the beginning, we're sure to ask each other kind of the tough questions. Um, and then, yes, it's important, especially guys. I, I have um, a youth group. You guys know that. Um, and I always tell the guys, especially when it comes to accountability, guys need to be holding other men accountable and girls need to be holding girls accountable. But once you step into marriage, you also then get to hold each other accountable because a lot of times people think, okay, well, we're married and now we're going to just please and honor God in all we do. You still have opportunity to let God down even in the midst of your marriage. Um, so make sure you're just setting that on a pedestal, rightfully so, placing God there and making sure that that doesn't get shifted. And it goes all the way back to love the Lord your God as being the most important commandment, and that also brings honor to him. So that's some practical things we do. Um, I would probably echo everything that he said. Just to add something that's what we would do, um, in the very beginning, the first thing Lane told me was, I have been taught since I've got to school 
to always be above reproach. And I think that was something very practical that we could do that honored God probably the most would be never be seen with the opposite sex. Um, so Elaine, even like my sister, who I'm super close to, would never take, like offer my sister a ride without me there. Right, so one on one. Yeah. So just never put yourself in a compromising position. Even if you think it's innocent and it is innocent, it could be viewed as something else. And then you just put yourself in a situation for some heartache and some bad things. So that's probably what I would add to that. I think, sorry, everybody's going to laugh like, oh, really? <laughs> You've got something? This guy's got something to say. No, uh, I think that that's just really wholesome. And, and, and again, like, we have to understand that as Christians, what we are, what we are talking about and the things that we're, we are showing you, like, the world has their own way of doing relationships. And they do not work. Marriages don't work. Relationships don't work. They are messed up. And the way that what we're talking about and, and like, what, what, what they were just saying, if you will constantly honor God, like the relationships that Christians would have, like the things that like what Pastor Ash was talking about today, like we want people to see what we have and go, man, I want that. Man, I want that. And if you're with your friends who maybe aren't saved or don't, like whenever they see the way that you are with your girlfriend or they see the way that you are just even around other people that are, that are married or in relationships, like in the way that, you're, the way that you go about doing your, your business, the blessings of the Lord that's going to be on your relationship are going to be so palpable to people that even don't even understand they're just going to know something that you've got is way better than what i've ever seen so i just i just want to add that because it's a great testament that's really good and um one other thing that i want to add is um we like we're not sitting in the order of success here yeah. we're not sitting in the way that you sh the way that you should progress right there's nothing wrong with being single there's nothing wrong with being in a dating relationship, with being engaged. Paul the Apostle and Jesus were both single. One of them wrote the majority of the New Testament, and the other was the Son of God. They were single. They didn't have to worry about having to honor another person because they were honoring God first and foremost, right? A lot of people actually have an advantage in that way. Um, so when we're talking about relationships and when we're talking about um, earlier we talked about how do we know um, if there's not a right person. Um, kind of going off of that, how do we know if there's a one, right? Um, is there a one for me? Um, Olivia, do you want to um, start with this one? Hey. Um, so this is a question that I've struggled with for probably my whole life. Um, I grew up um, really worrying worry I would call is like my spiritual battle um and I just was always like okay when I get older and when I start dating um how am I gonna know you know has anyone else struggled with that like how am I gonna how how do we know um do I pray a pray a lot and like how do I get clarity and all this stuff and I was talking to my mom one night and she looks at me and she smiles and she goes, Olivia, the person that you end up marrying becomes the one. And you guys, that just blew my mind. It was so simple, but it was so pure and so true. Because the one the Lord brings 
into your life that you end up marrying becomes the one that you decide to spend the rest of your life with. And it's a beautiful, beautiful gift. And so th- there's that just honestly took the worry out, out of that section of my life. Because it's just, I think it's amazing. Because, yes, we can, dating's for marriage. Um, and, and we can, you know, we can explore that and see, like, okay, Lord, like, maybe this guy isn't going to work. But if the Lord brings me this guy, like, we can be open to that. At least that's what I'm I'm doing right now. Like, I'm single, but I'm also open to dating. I don't think that's a bad thing. I can be content in dating, but also open to when the Lord brings me someone, right? Um, and when that comes, great. Um, but, yeah, I just thought that was really, really good insight. There one for me. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so um, with this question, I love, love what uh, Liv's mom says. And she told us that too, and that was really cool. Um, but if you think about that, like, theory of, like, the one, if someone messes it up, then, like, it's all messed up. So, like, if there's a one and then someone misses the one, then we all miss the one. So, like, I don't think that that's right because <laughs> then we're all with the wrong person. <laughs> But so, but I do believe that, like, we have the Holy Spirit, and I do believe that um, when we rely and operate in the Holy Spirit, he will reveal that to us. And um, I'm not saying that, like, justice was the only one I could ever marry, and then my life would only be blessed if I married justice. I don't think that's true, but I do know that the Holy Spirit drew me to justice and drew justice to me, and that our life is blessed. And that I know that justice is who I'm supposed to be with. I just have that confidence and I have that peace. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that – so it's kind of like, no, there's not a one, but listen to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. because he'll He'll reveal that to you. And just kind of like that, you know, like when you know, you know. Like it is true that you just have that confidence. When you're walking with the Holy Spirit and you're you're seeking the Lord, you will have that confidence and you will have that clarity. That doesn't mean that it's just instantaneous and like, okay, I know and I don't have any doubts and it's all super easy. That's not true because you're still going to have trials. You're still going to have to work through things. You're still going to have to trust the Lord and take risks. There's a lot of risk in that, but you still have that peace and confidence in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's really good. Um, <coughs> speaking of the one, um, I, I know a lot of people in here um, are in a season of life where it's um, – a season of singleness and you may be dealing with that question of is there a one and that can become so consuming a lot of the time that we focus on the benefits of being single and I know some of you are thinking there are no benefits to being single but um, there are, there really are and um, Liv do you want to yes uh, I do kind of <laughs> 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 the only one qualified <laughs> no I think that all of us could be qualified we were all single once yeah. right so <laughs> we could all touch on this, I'm sure. Um, so, guys, there's a lot of benefits to being single. Um, like I said before, though, I think it's so important to have an open heart while single because you never know what the Lord's going to do. So that would be my first thing. Um, like Justice and Johanna, and, I mean, I could speak on behalf of all of us, um, walk with the Holy Spirit. Um, so as you're in a season of singleness, this is a season, right? So keep that in mind. Um, 
So like I said before, I'm in a season of singleness, but I have an open heart to when the Lord wants to bring, in his timing, bring the guy that the Lord has for me. Okay. And also in this season, we're always growing. We're always maturing. We're always, um, we never stop. Um, and so the benefits of being single, <laughs> um, that would be one of them. Um, others, I mean, I could go goofy with this too, but <laughs> um, I would definitely say, guys and girls, surround yourself with like-minded people. Um, people that are going to encourage you in the Holy Spirit, people that are going to laugh with you, people are that are going to go have fun with you. Um, once you have a significant other or are dating someone, it's amazing and it's fun and it's great, but you do spend time with them. And this is a time where you get to spend time for yourself, not in a selfish way at all, um, but also in a way where you can just be like, okay, what do I want to do today? I want to go get ice cream. Okay, great. Um, and I don't know, it, you can do that with someone else, um, but also it's, it's cool to focus on yourself as well and your spiritual growth, your mental growth, uh, your emotional growth, because those things are vital in a relationship down the line to be healthy in those um, for a relationship, for anything. Um, focus on relationships with your family. Um, I believe right now that's something that the Lord has me doing is valuing my relationships at home with my family and strengthening those with my parents. I just graduated college and I moved home. I never thought I would do that, <laughs> but I am, and I'm home, and it's such a blessing and a gift. Um, so I know that most of you, I think, are in high school, um, and some maybe are in middle school, and so you're home right now, and so, like, value that time, because I did, I know that when I was in high school, I didn't value that, and then I went to college, and I was gone five years. I missed, I missed them. Now I have an opportunity to love and to be there, so I'm very thankful for that, but I would definitely say that's another benefit is that, well, I mean, I'm home, so <laughs> that's something. But <laughs> while you're single, you get to pour into, into um, other people more in a way. Um, so that's another thing. Yeah, that's really good. Um, the way that I think about it is um, whenever you're in a dating relationship, whenever you're engaged, married, whenever you have children, there's something to be said for – um, responsibilities, yes. right? Yes. And those responsibilities are given to you by God, yes. right? Johanna was a gift to me from God. Amara was a gift to me from God. But with each of those things comes a responsibility. Mm -hmm. And those responsibilities can sometimes get in the way if I'm not focused on Jesus the way that I'm supposed to be. They can then become a distraction. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I'm single the only thing that I have to worry about responsibility-wise is my relationship with God, yeah. right? You're at such an advantage right now being single to focus on your relationship with God because with those responsibilities come the, the horizontal responsibility, but then you also have to focus on the vertical responsibility between you and the Father, whereas right now you just get to focus on Him. Um, and I think there's something to be said for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have something. One more thing. Um, going off of that, yes, um, that was so good. And while we're in this time, we can pursue the Lord like like rush hour, you guys. Like let's just go and no stop because first off, why not? Second off, it's a preparing stage. 
Yes, we are preparing for marriage down the line. We are preparing for a significant other. So why not be our best self when we meet that person instead of instead of not be our best self? Like, I want to whenever I meet that person. Who knows? Maybe I've met him. Maybe I haven't. The Lord knows. And that's exciting and something to look forward to. And like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. But <laughs> right now, it's a preparing stage. And why, like, okay, you get the point. Yeah, I'm just really pumped. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think um, going off of that, if, if we're looking um, in our singleness and we, we end up finding that person, right, we found the person that we're equally yoked with, we want to spend the rest of our life with that person. How do we know when the right time to get married is? Um, and that's like, that's hard. Um, especially like for us, we were, we were dating for three months, two months. Yeah, basically two months. And then we got engaged and then we're like, oh crap. Like marriage is next, you know, like it, we gotta, we gotta get on this. Yeah. Yeah. Like I met you literally not even last year. So we've got to make this happen. So when is the right time to get married? And who better to answer that than someone who is going through that right now, um, being engaged. So you guys want to tackle it? Yeah. So we are engaged and we're super excited. Um, <laughs> uh, I think we just want to start with like the best time to get married. I don't think there's like a absolute perfect time. Like there's going to be some beaming light down. You should get married on May 6th or something like, <laughs> I don't think there's going to be anything like that. And, it's just it's different for each person, and uh, like Justice said, they were married super quick, and that's totally fine. They were spiritually mature. Justice was able to take care of Joanna. Joanna was able to take care of Justice, and it obviously worked out great. And like for Megan and I, uh, we sought lots of wise counsel from our parents and from her parents. Uh, I remember the night I w- was like pretty confident that I wanted to uh, pursue Marion and Mar- Megan in marriage, and I was like, Mom, Dad, I think I want to marry Megan. I don't know what that's going to look like yet, but I, w- I, w- I want to be able to do that, and uh, so we just kind of talked through like the best time to do that. And for me, I wanted to be able to uh, to take care of Megan uh, financially, spiritually, and physically. And I knew that for me, that wasn't going to happen in college. It was going to have to be uh, after we graduated, and I can get a job and uh, care for her better. And I knew that I we were dating, and I knew I still had some growing to do to, uh, to be married. And that's what I wanted to do. And uh, I remember talking with her dad. And the cool thing about that was when I talked with her dad, scariest moment of my life. But it was so awesome. It was so so fun at the end. But it was puking on the way in there. I was so nervous. Um, the first three things he asked me were, how are you going to take care of my daughter financially? How are you going to take care of her physically? And how are you going to take care of her spiritually? And I was prepared for him to answer those. So, yeah, here's Megan. I was not as nice about that. I was like, I love you. Let's get married. Like, I don't care about anything else. Let's just go for it. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had some growing to do then, too. I learned that if I'm going to be a submissive wife and a trusting wife, I needed to understand that Matthew really did want his best interest was to take care of me. And I didn't understand that at first because I was like, come on, Matthew, like, let's go. Let's do this thing. You asked me, like, let's get married. But I now understand, like, he's doing it out of complete love for me and respect for my dad, which is huge. He wants to be able to take care of us. We want to be able to leave our parents and cling to each other when we get married. And one of that steps for us is to be done with college and, well, spoiler, (laughs) but we are just going to wait until we are ready for that. And yeah, it's great though. We are loving engagement too. I think we've learned through this how like 
even when you're single. Like, it's not a wasted period. Like, God's not just wasting days. Like, sorry, you're not very helpful today. Like, <laughs> it's been so good. So many things have happened. Like, we've had time to really think, like, wow, we're engaged. Let's just enjoy this. Let's not wedding plan. Let's just take a few weeks to enjoy this next stage of our life. And then God has also nonstop shown us, like, yes, guys, you are following what I've asked you to do through, like, little things, like our venue giving us a discount, like, um, our engagement pictures, like, just random things were like, wow, that was only because of God. And quarantine even, like, having that time to really process, like, before we got engaged in May. So all quarantine, we kind of had that time to, like, think about, like, what is this next step going to look like? And I'm just so blessed that God gave us that time and that God's timing is so much better than either of ours. And I'm thankful for Matthew and his yeah, and I like just one last little nugget of wisdom would be to rely on wisdom and not on your own emotion because if it was up to emotion, I would have been married like last year, but that would not have worked out. So just to be smart with how you do it. That's really good. Do you guys have anything else? Um, I wrote down lots of the same things that they did, um, just about like the practicality of getting married. Like once you know that you know that you know that this is the right person and the Holy Spirit has confirmed that, um, just practical thinking too so that was all very much what I said or what we talked about too um and also like (laughs) I think sometimes in our minds you know girls especially like we have this idea of this like grand proposal and that's great and that can totally be a surprise and it can be awesome um but at the same time like you guys need to talk about marriage when you're dating (laughs) so like when he pops the question it should not be like oh my gosh I've never thought about getting married like (laughs) great let's do it like that should not be the thought like you should be like yes this is what we talked about now it's happening you know like so just just talk about it it's okay to keep the ring a secret it's okay to do whatever all those secrecy fun things that happen around proposals um but I would just like like you obviously like you need to talk about marriage plenty you need to talk about it a lot and you need to talk about timing like just like Megan was saying like she was like let's get married today and he was like well let's like hold your horses think about it for a second so like you just need to practically because you don't some I mean some people might want to be engaged for like five years but that sounds terrible so like just think about if she wants to like if you guys want to get married in two years like how long do you want to be engaged like think about those things before you do it um And then I would also say, like, this is, I'm not trying to be, like, a Debbie Downer, but this is kind of, like, not as exciting as that part. But I think it's crucial because Chapman and I were both in relationships before we met each other for three years, four years. Yeah, long time. Like, wow, four years? It was really that long? Jeez. (laughs) It's like, how did you not figure it out sooner? Oh, my word. Wow. Anyway. That's like a really long time. Okay, so anyway, (laughs) what I would say about that is, like, I think whenever you're dating and you're with someone for a long time, um, people, like, have expectations that you're going to get married. And so I think it's just very crucial to talk about this for just a second because just because you're with someone for a while and like I had checks in my spirit that I was not with the person that I was going to marry long before we broke up. But the pressures of like his family and, you know, like just all our friends like asking us all the time, like, well, when are you guys going to get married? Like there was just because we had just been together for a while, like that was the constant pressure. And so 
you like we almost just gave into it like okay well i guess i guess we're supposed to get married like everybody thinks we're supposed to get married and we've been together and then you think in your mind like golly i've wasted three years of my life or seven like chapman with his ex-girlfriend so like you just like you think for a second like i've wasted all this time like that's just crazy that i've wasted that much time but really it's not like someone said i think maybe matthew said and olivia said like it's not wasted time like it's not wasted time yes i should i have broken up with my boyfriend that i had earlier because i knew in my spirit that i should have yes but I learned so much through that and I had, but I also had to set aside the pressures from people saying it's time to get married. It's time to get married. It's time to get married. It's time, you know, and like, just say like, no, it's not time. Like no matter what the pressures of people are saying, it's not time to get married. And even if you are engaged to someone, you are not married to them. Like, so just keep in mind, you still have an out until that ring is on your finger and that marriage license is signed. You still have an out. Like, my dad even asked me when I was walking down the aisle, you sure about this? <laughs> and he didn't mean it because he doesn't love Chapman because he does. But he wanted to, to know that he knew that he knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that this was it. Like, you know, because until you do that, you do have an out and there's, there shouldn't be any pressure, you know? So just keep that in mind that, that just because you're in a committed relationship, if it's time to break it off, it's time to break it off. And there's no pressure, you know, there shouldn't be pressure. And if there is, I'm sorry, but there's, you know, don't wreck the rest of your life (laughs) because you feel pressured by people to stay together. Uh, and, and I think one of the interesting things that we talked about, too, when we were talking about, the, like, the pressures, all those people who said this is the person that you need to get married to or whatever, not one of those people is in my life today. And I'm not trying to say that as, like, they're all terrible people and I don't have nothing to do with them. I'm just saying, like, those those circles, those the even the, the churches, even the, we're just not – I'm not a part of them. They, they don't have input into my life anymore. And so to think about it like that, things things come and go in seasons. And sometimes, you know, like, like what Hannah said, if, if even if you're in a, even if you're in a season with somebody, it's not wasted time because hopefully if you're doing it the right way, you're, you're preparing yourself. Just, just like when Olivia was talking about singleness, even when you're dating somebody else and if you date them for a long time, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be wasted time if you've been preparing yourself and doing it the right way. Uh, it 100% will be wasted time, and and a lot of a lot of heartache if you've gone about doing it the wrong way. So, um, just a couple things with that. I I love what everyone is saying, um, and also kind of just to go along with that. A lot of these questions are very like I want it to be specific, but they just can't be specific. Right. When should I get married? Is there a one? Right. We expect a yes or a no to that. And it's different for each person. And it's kind of like our walk with the Lord. Right. We expect it to be really uniform and really the same for each person. But it's really not. And if there is a one for you. Right. That one is the person that you marry. Right. That's that's specific to you. It's not a general yes or no. And then um, the other thing with that, um, my brother-in-law, Michael, told me this and it's always stuck with me. When you're dating, date. When you're engaged, be engaged. And when you're married, be married. We so often just want to jump to the next phase of life. We, I mean, Matthew, 
man, props to you, dude. Because when I was engaged, all I wanted to do was be married. Well, it's getting harder now, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's just something about it when you put a ring on it. It's just yeah. like I want to just jump to that next phase of life, right? Yeah. But when you're there, be there. Be present in the relationship that you're at. Be present when you're dating. Be present when you're engaged. And be present when you're married. Um, so kind of to flip the coin and to go on the opposite side of that, um, I'm curious to what um, we have to say when it's not the right person, right? What do we do when the feeling isn't mutual? And that's a hard question to answer, but Lane, I'm going to start off with you. What to do if the feeling isn't mutual? Um well, first of all, I think that you can take this two ways. Um, there was times that I was in a relationship before I met Aspen, and um, the feeling wasn't mutual. I think one of the worst things that you can do whenever the feeling isn't mutual is fake it. Um, that kind of goes back to what Chapman was talking about with the wasted time. If you're faking it in a relationship, that's just a bunch of wasted time. Um, I think that, again, going back to what you should found your relationship on, um, something I told Aspen and we committed to each other from the very beginning was honesty was the most important. Like we, we were always going to be honest with each other. And um, you're really calling it w- like to call it what it is. You're lying to that person if you're faking it in a relationship. You're you're giving them a false expectation or a false hope that something is going to work out when you know in your heart of hearts that it's not supposed to work out. Also ties in with honoring God. If you're faking it in a relationship, then you're not being honoring to yourself. You're not being honoring to that other person. And in turn, you're not honoring God. Um, so that's that's something super important. But I love that Justice asked me this question because I was like, I can count a few times that I messed that up um, when I should have just ended things earlier before I met Aspen. However, there's a flip side to that coin. There's going to be times that you mutually don't agree on things even in marriage. Um, and that's kind of like a, a fun thing that they don't tell you about before you get married. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in, in marriage, um, there's going to be times when you don't like kind of see things the same way. And to a certain extent, there needs to be things you agree on. You need to be equally yoked. You need to have certain standards that you guys see eye to eye on. That also goes back to, hey, whenever you pop that question, it shouldn't be like, oh, what's she going to say? You should know. <laughs> That she's going to say yes because you're both confident about we, we agree on this. We're, we're in each other's corner. Um, but there's also going to be some things along the way that's like, oh, you liked crunchy peanut butter? I liked creamy. Like, I never knew that. Um, but there's going to there's gonna be some things that you don't quite see eye to eye on. And that's, that's totally okay. I think um, just to give props to Aspen, something she constantly reminds me is, hey, we're teammates. At the end of the day, we're teammates. We might have different ways of going about things. We might have different strategies. Yes, we have different personalities. In fact, sometimes we, th- we seem polar opposites. But at the end of the day, we're teammates. We're not a I won this argument or you won this argument. At the end of the day, it's me and her. A- and, and so um, anytime we find ourselves in that mentality of I've got to be right or you're wrong and it comes across like a like a conversation or an argument or whatever that looks like, something Aspen's really good at doing is kind of stopping us in our tracks and saying, hey, let's take a few steps back. We're teammates here. And even though we don't agree, we can still respect, love, and honor each other in in this moment. So. Hey, um, that was really good. Yeah, mine's more of a story with a little (laughs) bit of wisdom in it, I hope. (laughs) So I 
little backstory. Where did we start with this? It's mutual. Who did not feel mutual? Well, the person to the left of me did not feel mutual about the relationship at first. Matthew and I were friends for like a year and a half, like straight just friends. Neither of us, I remember I called my mom the night we met, and I was like, I met this guy, Matthew. He's great, but I would never date him. Like, oh, my word, Mom, he's just going to be a great friend. So we were just good friends. And then I just started noticing more things about Matthew that I admired and, like, patient kindness. Like, from that verse, it Matthew would drive me home if it, I walked to school. So Matthew would wait and drive me home from class because he knew I walked. And if it was raining, even if it meant he had to wait extra long, he was like, I'll wait for you because you need a ride. Like, you don't need to walk in the rain. The way he acted around his friends, how he acted with his family, I'm like, this this is a good guy right here. Like, I kind of like him more than just a friend. So one day, he was driving me home, and he's drilling me. Who do you like? Who do you like? Come on, just tell me. Who do you like? It's like, fine, Matthew. I like you. And (laughs) awkward silence for a while. He looked out the window and just like, well... Yeah, I don't really feel that way, and I just, I kind of think we should stay friends. And I was like, oh, okay. Heart crushing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so hurt. So I just like was like, okay, well, thanks for the ride home, and got out of the car. <laughs> and then I went inside and cried. I cried for a bit because to me, it was a real feeling. It was something I built up in my head, like all the what ifs. Let's start dating. What if we start dating? What if we like get married like I was doing those what ifs it was so real to me like I liked Matthew and that wasn't mutual and that hurt so I just grieved it for a little bit and then wise moms as we're all talking about our moms are wise listen to them (laughs) she just talked me through it and was like okay let's just pray about this like obviously God had a different plan for you and Matthew and that's okay maybe God put Matthew in your life as a good friend and that's all And let's just honor that and enjoy that time with Matthew. So then I love Proverbs 31. Girls, even if you're not even close to dating, being a wife, read Proverbs 31. Be a Proverbs 31 woman. And it talks about a woman who's clothed in strength and dignity. I was like, I'm going to be dignified when I see Matthew again. I'm going to be like, whatever, hey, friend. Just friend a lot, you know, just hey, buddy. (laughs) I I was like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to just pray that. It was not going to come from down in me because I knew inside I was still a little heartbroken from it, even though it was just a like. I was still hurt from that. So I knew that was totally going to be God working inside of me to be kind in a Proverbs 31 woman to Matthew because down inside I didn't feel it because I was still hurt. But God really helped me. And that's not the end of the story, obviously, because Matthew's right here. (laughs) So you can tell the rest. (laughs) Yeah, so um, I realized that my actions um, made Megan sad. And so uh, I, I did feel bad. I felt bad for her, and I knew that it was only fair to her to, to give her space and to uh, continue to be a good friend just because something isn't mutual doesn't mean you can't still be friends with them and be in their corner in life and uh, do whatever they just hang, be hanging out and be friends. And uh, so that when she told me that she liked me, I was like, oh, this is uh, awkward. <laughs> but I, I just was like, you know, it, it only be fair, like, if she – if she likes me, just to step back. Do, do, do I like Megan? Just cause, I don't, you never know. Like, you never know when you're going to meet somebody, and you never know when that moment could be. And I wanted to be proactive and honor and be respectful to her because she was brave enough to tell me she liked me. So only be fair to really think about it. And like the more I thought about it, and we and I prayed, I was like, God, 
if she's not the woman, if she's not someone I need to be dating, I need it to be like extremely clear in, in some way. And instead of doing that, he would, it would be like flipped. I would see Megan doing something. I was like, wow, that, that's she's she's really pretty. I didn't think she was that pretty before. Not that I didn't, okay, that sounds bad. Not that I didn't feel like like she more beautiful to me than she was before, or she would do something that I respected way more than I thought I would respect, or something like that. That was awful. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a quiet car ride home. Yeah, quiet car ride. <laughs> anyway, so just, yeah. So the, the more I thought about it, the more I just, I was like, I I really do think I do like Megan. I really do care for her. And I could tell uh, she had worked on herself when she was single, and she was she was prepared for a relationship, and I felt like I was prepared. And so we just started hanging out um, without, without really telling anybody, just kind of, like, going, meeting for lunch in, like, our student union at school or like uh, doing homework together in the library, just little stuff like that. And the more and more I spent time with her, the more I realized that I actually did like her, and not as a friend, but as a wanted her to be my girlfriend. And here we are today. <laughs> no, well, she did. She ignored me for a while, and and I was, and I was like, you know, that's totally fine. <laughs> she has a right to ignore me. absolutely God working in both our lives and I think through our whole dating and still engaged relationship we've just prayed like hey God make it so clear to us like we've gone through hard things through our dating relationship and we're like God if Matthew is not the one for me please make it so clear like I don't know what you can do God but I know you're powerful like send a light over his head with a big red x like no <laughs> Megan and God always kept doing the exact opposite from that very first time when I admitted I liked him God kept saying no like keep going forward with Matthew. That's what I have planned for you. Keep going. And so I think the power, even if it's the opposite of that for you, and it's, hey, it's actually time to step down and move on from that person, follow God. Because he, his plans for you are so much better than what you could have thought. I was going to stay home, go to a home college, but I came to Missouri State, and I'm so thankful I did that for Matthew and then my friends that I made. Like, Follow God. He has a plan for you, and I know it's hard, and you're like, mm, I think I have a better idea. Follow what God has for you because his plans are so good. Liv, do you have anything to add? Yeah. The one thing that I'm, like, hearing in all of this that's really good is just it keeps coming back to respect, right? I respect that person if they don't have mutual feelings that I'm going to take a step back, right? And then maybe I need to consider and respect them and see if this is something that I need to enter into. Yes, okay, so I was in Matthew's situation, and obviously it didn't work out, and that's okay. Um, I was dating this guy for uh, almost six months, um, and I'm, <laughs> sorry, um, I uh, was ignoring the Holy Spirit's voice, and I'll, I'm just going to, I'll say it, I was. I was asking the Lord the same questions. Lord, if this is not right, make it obvious. And he would make it obvious, and I wouldn't listen. It, I'm being very blunt and honest with you. It happened. Um, because I wanted to be with him. But day after day, I would keep asking the Lord, and it didn't. It just wasn't working out. Um, I would I, I would talk to him. I'd be honest with him just about, like, hey, um, I'm seeing this. Let's work on it. Um, and then it wouldn't be worked on. Um, 
and I needed a spiritual leader, and the spiritual leadership was not happening. Girls, make sure you get a spiritual leader. Guys, be the spiritual leaders, please. Um, and so um, I, <laughs> on a Sunday, I said, hey, I don't know. I need, I need some space. I need to think about this. Um, I, I'm really struggling right now. That was the Sunday before Valentine's Day. And uh, we decided we were going to talk on Friday, which was Valentine's Day. That was really bad timing for me. <laughs> uh, but we broke up on Valentine's Day. So it's okay. You can just be like, ooh, because it happened. <laughs> it's okay. He's fine now. But I really felt bad. But the point in that is, it's kind of funny now, but the point in that is, is that um, – I, I eventually decided, it's kind of like Jonah, the story of Jonah. Um, not me, I wasn't com- not comparing myself to Jonah, but, okay, I, I am. Because, <laughs> because, because I turned away from the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's voice. He was being very clear to me as I look back. He was being very clear. This is not the guy for you, Olivia. This is not the guy for you, Olivia. This is not the guy for you, Olivia. Um, and I didn't listen. And then um, some things happened, and I just was feeling really uneasy in my spirit. Girls, guys, listen to that, because that's a really big, that's a really big deal. And um, then I I uh, started talking to him, and then we had some space, and then we uh, it was not mutual, <laughs> uh, but it was health the healthiest thing. Um, and it might not be. Uh, he might not or she might not think it's the healthiest thing, but if it's the healthiest thing for you, you need to listen to that. Um, and I've actually had one more thing that I've been thinking about this whole time uh, that I really want to say. Um, my friend was talking to me a couple days ago about how she doesn't feel like en- she wants to be enough for her s- boyfriend or her girlfriend. This is kind of off track, but she wants to be enough. She wants to be there for him. She wants to fix everything for her boyfriend, all this stuff. And I told her, I said, this can be relation to being single for your family or your friends. This can be relation to dating. This can be relation to marriage or engagement or anything like that, okay? But you will never, ever be enough for someone. That is the Holy Spirit's role. That is not your role. Um, so please keep that in mind because if you're trying to be enough for someone, you will fail and you will be exhausted at the end of the day. And that's never going to work, okay? Um, I know that was off track, but... No, that that's right on track. And okay. We Johanna and I actually ran into a lot of this whenever we um, we still are. Um, <laughs> but basically, our whole relationship, we try to fill roles for the other person that the yeah. Holy Spirit is meant to fill. Yes, and exactly. It just, it just doesn't work out mm-hmm. whenever you try to do that because y- you can't. You're right. Yeah. You fall short every time. Um, so, our last question for tonight, um, I think, is a good one. Um, from you guys to really kind of dive into what is a good age to start dating. Um, and that's a hard one. Um, but it's also really good and really practical for you guys. Um, so Aspen, do you want to start with this one? Um, I aged. There's not a good age to start dating. Um, it's definitely not an age thing. It's a mindset because as we have said all evening, you, the purpose of dating is to marry somebody. And so it's not like, oh, I'm 16 now, so I can drive, so I can date. That's not how it works. 
I think that we can all say that dating is to lead you to who you're going to marry. And so if you're not ready for the next step, then you're not ready to be dating yet. Um, and just for like a practical example, since we've been pretty good at giving that all night, me, I didn't date in high school. I had one relationship, and I think you said earlier, about one weekend I knew that it wasn't going to work. And so I didn't date anybody else. Um, Lane was my next boyfriend, and now we're married. So um, it definitely works out. But don't think that you get to a certain age, so you need to start dating, because that's not how it works. I think it's definitely you need to be ready physically, spiritually, emotionally. You need to take care of yourself and prepare in this season. And then whenever you're ready to take the next step, that's whenever you're ready to start dating. more practical things is one you need to respect your parents so if your parents are saying like you're not allowed to date right now don't go behind their back <laughs> that's not the best from experience that's not the best <laughs> it's good to be like honest with your parents and um and to respect what they have set up too so i wasn't allowed to date until i was 18 and then i like begged and begged and begged and begged and begged and begged and they said no and then i begged and begged and they were like, okay, yeah, and then, like, took it back. And then so it was just, like, kind of a mess. And the whole thing was just, like, a mess. And I would, like, try and keep it a secret. And, one, if you want to keep your relationship a secret, that's also not, like, that's not a good sign. <laughs> if you feel like you need to hide something about your relationship, that's not good. <laughs> but um, another practical thing is if, if you're 12, um, you're not going to get married for a really long time. <laughs> and so just practically, that might be pretty tough for you guys. So, uh, like, you might want to wait until you're older. And it's also, like, a mindset thing. So if you are dating with the intent of marriage, like, you're going to be dating a really long time. Yeah. And I just don't think that'll be fun, <laughs> personally. <laughs> but, um, but I really like what you said about it is a mindset thing. And I don't think that there is just a magical number or magical age. Um, yeah, do you have one? Yeah, Uh, well, li like I've said before, you know, the whole the whole idea behind what we're talking about tonight is that we're wanting to do this the right way. We're wanting to do this with the right intent. And like, I remember being sixth, seventh, eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade, had never dated anyone. And I remember finally getting to a point where I'd been teased so much that I had never had a girlfriend that all of a sudden it was like, okay, well, I'll just I'll just start dating people. And so in, like, the span of, and I don't even know if you can call it dating, but in, like, the span of, like, five months, I had, like, five girlfriends. And it's like, okay, this is stupid. What What is even the point? What is even the point to, like, oh, yeah, I did this girl. Oh, you don't know her. She goes to another school. But, you know, we're, 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 we're talking and, you know, whatever. But it's like, but really, like, the, the, choices, the choices that I was making by dating these girls was ridiculous because it was, it was just, like, the only reason why I was doing it was, like, prove a point to my friends that, like, oh, I could date her if I asked her out or if I could date so-and-so if I could ask her out. Or, oh, that girl who plays basketball for this other team, the next time they come here, I'll get her number and, and I can drive over there and we'll we'll hang out and whatever. You, you guys get what I'm saying? So, like, don't feel the pressure of, oh, my gosh, I'm not dating anybody, so there must be something wrong with me or there must be something. I've got to start dating because, no, it's, that's dumb. Because, like, like we've all said, 
the reason why you're dating somebody is 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 for one reason. That's for and that's to repair for marriage. So if you're just dating because you feel like a pressure of, oh my gosh, I've got to do this, well, that's just a dumb way to even start a relationship in the first place. And I'll just tell you, if you're a Christian dating someone who's not a Christian, it's not going to end good because you're not going to agree and you're not going to have things like you're just not. It's just not going to be good. <laughs>